Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, folks. Michael Zuber, one rental at a time. Back with good friend of the channel, Mr. Greg Dickerson. How you doing, sir? Doing great, Michael. How are you today? I'm doing really well. Uh, I, you know, if people haven't watched uh, Greg's playlist, you really do. So, folks, Greg has a playlist with over 100 hours of interviews. One of the things you will see in several interviews is uh, Greg Dickerson and I both credit Rich Dad, Poor Dad, that the original book with um, kind of changing our future directory. It has also been said many times that I read it and think about being Robert and he reads it and wants to be Rich Dad, which still cracks me up to this day. <laughs> I, I read it recently and I still want to be rich. I still want to be rich or I want to be Robert and Kemp. I just don't have it. But the reason I wanted to talk to you today is because we, we really do internalize and receive information differently, which I appreciate so much. So I wanted to talk about the Fed. Uh, I think it is now without question, the Fed acknowledges that they're behind. Uh, they do acknowledge that they probably need to take some aggressive moves, meaning half a basis point or 50 basis points uh, in the next couple of meetings. But I'm reading different arguments. I have one from BlackRock, which I'll share, and one from Goldman, which I'll share in a minute. But as we get started, do you, do you think the Fed, do you agree that the Fed knows they're behind or do you think maybe they think something else? No, no, they, they absolutely know that they're behind. The other thing that they know that they're trying to correct is that they've lost their credibility when it comes to inflation. So they know that they have zero credibility. And what, what does that mean? So that means that central banks, governments, and investors around the world have no faith in the Fed that they fully understand, comprehend uh, inflation and the full effects of it. And like we've been saying for the last few weeks, a lot of people thought that I was crazy when we had that little relief rally, yeah. when I said the markets have not priced in inflation and they have not priced in rate cuts, but more importantly, even now with the recent pullbacks, we still have not priced in the effects of inflation and Fed hiking and monetary policy moving forward. So yeah. you know, I got a lot of feedback on that. People saying, oh, it's fully priced in, you're crazy. Look at the bounce and all that. And like, okay, yeah, no. we'll see. Yeah, no, I, and again, I get a lot of, um, I get some hate and a lot of feedback and it's really the buy the dip crowd. Mm -hmm. like, there's a certain set of folks who have been trained. You have learned this because it's worked for two years. I believe personally, uh, the smart money, when you look at flows, has started to catch religion. It takes a while from the exit positions. But I believe without question that the smart money is getting out or getting defensive and that there's a large haircut ahead in the overall indices and markets uh, because of the Fed. So yeah, the Fed has to break the markets to correct yeah, you know, to. course and to correct inflation to gain credibility. And the narrative out there, the Fed is totally reverse course in their language and their messaging totally opposite of where, where it was. Mm -hmm. And the investor community is still saying, you know, the Fed's gonna reverse course, Fed's gonna reverse course. So the talk now is, it's not how far are they gonna go, it's how quickly are they gonna reverse, which exactly. is interesting. Yes. So, you know, that's that buy the dip mentality. And yeah, there's a lot of people out there that if you say anything other than, you know, it's going straight up forever, they get all bent out of shape and, you know, wanna fire off at you. And, yeah, they do. And, yeah. you know, where that's coming from, is people that have risked their life savings, they've risked too much, they're losing money. That's where that comes from. It's people under pressure. And I understand it. You yeah. know, they're mad because they, they're losing money and they feel like, you know, people are putting salt on the wound when you say that, but that's not what we're doing. What we're talking not, about not is risk, managing risk and understanding 
good times never last, bad times never last. There's peaks and valleys, mm-hmm. you know, now pullbacks and certain economic conditions can last several years if you're not yes. careful. So that's yeah. why we talk about risk and risk management because we've been through, um, you know, several cycles in our career, you know, oh, especially sorry. in real estate. And, you know, you, you want to make sure that, again, you understand the peaks, you understand the tops, you know, there's nothing wrong with going to cash at certain points and then take advantage of the dips and, and you know, buying in at the bottoms. And, uh, you know, unless you're a day trader or something like that, then you can, you know, make more consistent moves. But if you're going to play the diamond hands, you know, hodl thing, yeah. stuff, you know, doesn't always and forever go up in perpetuity. Some stuff goes away. Um, some stuff yeah. goes to zero, you know, when you're investing in equities and things like that, when you're investing in real estate, I mean, there's certain markets that, yeah. you know, crashed and never came back, you know, and, and then there's some that, you know, do go up forever. So uh, you just gotta, you know, just gotta understand risk, manage it and, and be able to, you know, calculate it. And then when it happens, be able to withstand the hit if and yeah. when it happens. Yeah. So this is awesome. Cause you and I are on the same page on this one. Uh, I, there's two camps brewing. And I actually read two articles from two different firms I respect. Uh, We'll go to BlackRock first. I actually read the BlackRock article this morning. (laughs) BlackRock basically is in the buy the dip or is in the buy the dip camp. uh, As I read it, basically they're saying in short, the Fed's going to aggressively move the next two meetings. They're going to get the funds rate over one, which will be one and a quarter, right? (laughs) Excuse me. and then they're going to start to pause and BlackRock already thinks that they're going to have to start cutting uh, next year. Basically, their article without saying the word transitory, they believe that inflation is a lot more transitory and it's about to all unwind and deflation is going to take over and this, that and the other. Uh, I think that's a very dangerous strategy. Obviously, they have a lot of money, uh, I think trillions of dollars. I think they're the largest money manager on the planet. And on the opposite side, you got uh, Goldman Sachs, kind of the uh, top tier, um, I don't know, Wall Street firm. They're saying that the Fed's going to have to go higher than the market expects. Goldman actually called for 4%, which is the exact number I called weeks ago uh, in 2023. I think they're going to get to two two and three quarters or 3% this year, and then 4% next year. Uh, so, so when you think about all of this, do you think there's a chance the Fed goes up and then comes right back down? Or do you think they've got a they, they have to break it, bash it, pulverize it, uh, and, and maybe get up to 4%. What do, what do you think? I think they're going to go up first. So they're going to go as far as they can until something breaks. And, you know, once that's something that breaks, and when I say something, either a huge sell-off in the markets, um, you know, credit a credit crisis, you know, the repo market cracks or something like that, again, like we saw in like 2018. Yeah, they break the buck on the money market fund or something. Yeah. So I think they're going to push until something breaks. They're going to push as far and as fast as they can until something breaks. And I think they're willing to sacrifice the markets to curb inflation. So they're going to push the markets as far as they can push. And I think they'll they'll allow up to from all time highs recently where we came from, probably a 30 percent contraction before they'll step back in. Yeah, because that puts you back to the mean, right? That's a yeah. reversion back to mean. If you if you cut 25, 30% off of where we just came from, I think they will tolerate and allow that. And you have you also have to understand these individuals that are talking, who are their clients, who are they talking to, and yes, where are they coming from? So BlackRock has a very different clientele than Goldman. Absolutely. And you know, how do they make their money? Right. So, you know, they're talking to protect their bonuses. So of course you know, they don't want money to leave their funds. And then, then you look at like a Kathy Wood that's just been, <laughs> you know, 
throwing all the cards on the table and rolling the dice saying everything's going to go 10x because it's innovation yeah you know she's she's you know having to backtrack and she's unloading some of her innovations that were supposed to 10x and yeah. never come backwards and never go down so yeah. uh you know you need to understand who the messenger is what their uh, agenda is and who their audiences they're speaking to then you qualify the information from there and there's probably a little bit of truth in everything and then there's sure. obviously the you know the bias in a lot of it as well yeah again i it's I agree with you. I think I, I think the Fed's going to go until it breaks. Uh, I actually think they're going to go one meeting past broken because I think they're going to want to validate that it's broken. I think we just haven't had inflation like this since the '70s and early '80s, and as we're hearing, right, Lenar Brainerd, Lenar Brainerd, I forget mm -hmm. her first name. I think that's yeah. Her. She basically came out. She was the largest dove, and then last Wednesday or Tuesday maybe came out and said, "Hey." it's uh inflation is so bad it's almost like not having a job right the average american spending an extra three grand a year when we, we already have 64 percent of americans living paycheck to paycheck it is not good so yeah i think i think i think the fed for the first time in my investing life is going to choose main street over wall street and again the buy but the buy the dip crowd doesn't want to hear that it, they just well, it's an election cycle we're coming into. So the next two years, it's all about, you know, the election cycle. And, you know, people people are feeling the pinch now and they're cutting back. And there were studies that were out recently in polls. Yeah. You know, even the wealthier, you know, top one percent is starting to cut back because I saw that. Yeah. You know, people are feeling it. It's real. Uh, some of it is going to be transitory. Right. So as soon as, you know, the pandemic's over, I mean, obviously in Europe, China, they're still locking down yeah. and dealing with it. So that's creating some issues. But, you know, as soon as that's done and over with and behind us and supply chains fully open back up, that's going to alleviate some of that pressure. But the labor market hasn't corrected. So wages are still going up. I mean, I saw the other day Walmart's paying $110,000 a year for truck drivers. Yeah. And I actually um, talked to a trucking coach. It's a four week course. Mm -hmm. Four week. You have to be 18 for in-state. And I, I asked these questions because it's a crazy salary. You have to be 18 to drive in-state, 21 to drive across the country, I guess, across states. You make 110 grand starting to drive for Walmart. Damn. Who's paying for the classes though? Because I heard that it was hard to get into the classes because they didn't have enough instructors or something like that. Yeah, there, there is a lot of demand. The, the, the courses on average are five grand. Some states are seven. So they're not that expensive. Uh, right now, I'm guessing it's individual. I didn't ask who pays. Yeah, uh, and I bet you the company would. I bet you the company I bet would, they say, would we'll yeah. pay for it. Go get your training. You know, we'll cover that. And, and then, then you're seeing bonuses for, you know, other employers are offering sign-up bonuses and sign-on bonuses. They're paying bonuses to, is offering. to show up to the interview. You get 50 bucks just right. to show up. And now you have food. So poultry, obviously, with the bird flu. And then yeah. you have the grain situation going on. And, the you know, the war is creating global food shortages. So you're going to see commodities continue to go up. Fuel, you know, we'll see how that shakes out at the end of the day with, with what's going on. Oil's, you know, up and down. But, you know, so some of this stuff is, is transitory. Some of it, you know, is going to alleviate at some point, but some of it's permanent and it's here to stay. So the only way you correct is you have to destroy the demand for those products because we are a consumer-based economy globally. Yeah. And we're also experiencing some deglobalization. The war is creating some of that. That's going to drive yeah. prices up that aren't going to, aren't going to come back. So it's, uh, it's a very unique time. There's no other time in history where you can open a textbook and say, okay, well, here's what happened then, even the 70s. No, I mean, no. you just can't compare anything to any point in time back then because it's 
you know, it's such a, we're very differently from a global economy now than we were back then. Yeah. You know, the, the technological revolution, the internet revolution and the services-based industry, skill-based industry is totally different than it was back then. Mm -hmm. So, I, you know, it's, it's, it's very unique. Yeah. Man, lots of great stuff. I appreciate this conversation. Uh, again, I think the Fed's got religion. I think they are going to take Wall Street. If it's 30, 40%, I think there's some pain coming. So be prepared. Look at your portfolio. See what's going on. If, again, if you don't have to sell and you want to wait, it's okay. It, it'll come back. But yeah. Yeah. Don't now, no, I don't think anybody's calling for that. I'm just saying I believe they'll let it go that far if we do start to see major correction territory. I called for initially... Um, about a 10% drop from where we were a couple of weeks ago. So we're not quite there yet, but back to about that, you know, we're going to yeah. check that bottom that we had in the recent sell-off again, before we can look for any kind of a bounce or continuation down. I think that was 4,100 on the S and P or something like that. Yeah. 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 So a lot of great stuff. I appreciate everything you do. You have an amazing YouTube channel and, and website. What is it? Yep. GregDickerson.com. That's where you can find me, uh, all my YouTube channels, social media links, all there. GregDickerson.com. Thanks buddy.